Hello and welcome to Just Stories. We share inspiring stories of real people leading lives impacted by social justice, advocacy, and service. Here how our guests have used their experiences to make a difference in the lives of others. And remember, it's all about the story, theirs and yours. Just Stories. Hey, Mark. Good morning. How are you on this chilly January day? Good morning. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is kind of chilly out, but it's beautiful. Uh, and I'm doing well. I had a chance to go hiking yesterday at Turkey Run State Park. Have you ever been there? No. So it's Please down... tell me what it's all about. <laughs> I was so cold yesterday. I mean, it was super duper cold. Like, how did you go hiking? When you're out there the and cold. moving, when you're out there moving, you get warmed up. And the kids... Uh, the kids were taking, I took the kids back to school yesterday and Turkey runs not too far from there. And uh, so I took a drive over and, you know, I figured it says very rugged, but I can do that. Right. I'm a rugged guy. Um, sure. I found myself hiking up creek beds and over jumping over water and rocks and thinking maybe I shouldn't be out here alone in the cold oh, with the sun yeah. going down, <laughs> but it was beautiful and I survived and uh, I'd like to go back sometime. So yeah, it was well, fun. That's great. How um how was the drop off? So the kids are back. Are they going remote hybrid? Yes, What's they're they're happy to be back and sitting in a room by themselves, looking at a screen. <laughs> yeah. But at least they're on uh, campus. Yeah, they are. But uh, we might we might do a little bit of a visits home this this semester too because they they were um they were happy to be at home too with their cats and their warm food and their good food and warm beds and everything too so well, that's good. how are Excellent. things things going well with you yeah things are going well with us um yeah i'm still teaching remotely my school has not announced whether or not they're going to go hybrid or not but like seeing that almost every other school is moving in that direction i have a feeling that we're going to be moving in that direction as well i bet you my school is going to probably give us like 72 hours notice <laughs> and then bam <laughs> go back. okay um but yeah yeah, but it's yeah. exciting. The, the students are are great, and um, everybody's just working hard, doing their best. Yeah. The the theme of the year is you know flexibility and grace. Yeah, you know, just got to have all that, and you know. Some... Well, we think I've said this before. We think about how much we're appreciative of our healthcare workers, but God bless our teachers as well, and everything you guys have had to go through. Um, amazing. So thank hang you. Hang in there and keep up the good work you're doing. Yeah. Well. Um. Hey. Uh, who do we have? with us today i'd love to meet this person oh yeah well we're excited to be hosting kathy kong today and uh kathy is a, she's a graduate from northwestern's medill school of journalism and it has more than two decades of ministry experience with university christian fellowship uh, she's focusing on leadership development and cross-cultural competency she's authored two books more than serving tea and raise your voice in addition to writing and speaking engagements kathy is also a yoga instructor uh, based in north, the north suburbs of Chicago. And so we're happy to have you here. Kathy, welcome to Just Stories. How are you? Thank you. Hi, Thank Kathy. you. I, hello, nice to meet you. I also am enjoying the sun. But, you know, we know here in the Midwest, when it is sunny in the middle of winter, it also means it's cold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is cold. It is cold. But, you know, it is also January. Not only is it cold, yeah. and uh, it, the, at the time of this recording, it's just after January 20th, we had an inauguration of a new president. And something tells me, Kathy, you celebrate it 
pretty well after that. We don't get into politics too much on this podcast, but how did you celebrate the inauguration of Joe Biden? Oh, um, I actually got dressed for the day, <laughs> meaning um, <laughs> I did not have stretchy yoga pants on. Um, I wore my Kamala Harris I'm Speaking sweatshirt with a uh, hanbok skirt, uh, the skirt, uh, traditional Korean skirt, but more in a modern style. And uh, what else? And my, um, I had uh President Obama socks <laughs> because it's cold and I don't wear shoes in the house. So that was the compromise. So that is how I celebrated. I watched uh, the inauguration, but I've also uh, in part because of my journalism experience, and I'm just kind of a news junkie, even though I left that field many years ago, I watched, I've watched many inaugurations <clears throat> And so we watched, we, I watched this one, um, but was busy texting uh, friends all over the country as well. So that is how I celebrated. And um, it was, it was a special one this year, I think for, for a number of reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now you have to get yourself a, a, a Bernie Sanders sweatshirt. (laughs) Oh my goodness. In that the memes, yeah, with his, it's wonderful. I, know, I, love I it. could not stop laughing, I know. and I feel like that has been the unexpected gift that keeps on giving from the inauguration. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So I hear that he's now selling sweatshirts with his yes, and, and and all the proceeds are going to Meals on Wheels. So isn't that nice? Yes. So. Yes, it is. Uh, it is. That's I didn't know that. That's great. Bernie's got a good yeah. sense yeah. of humor, so I appreciate yes. that. So, yeah. Good, good. Well, before getting into the story, Kathy, tell us a little bit about maybe the background as to what was happening uh, with you or a little bit of background as to um, the story that you're going to tell us today. Sure. So it happened uh, many years ago. I uh, tried to look it up because I know I wrote about it and I wrote about it in my journal as well. But I I know that this had happened before I had written Uh, Raise Your Voice. And it was a time when one, those of you who have traveled through O'Hare, the uh, trains were working to the various parking lots. Mm -hmm. So you weren't taking the buses. Mm -hmm. And I was just beginning to be in a season of traveling quite a bit for um, speaking engagements, um, preaching in other spaces. And so I was just getting a handle on what it meant to travel alone mm-hmm. as a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was on my way home and taking one of those, you know, little shuttle trains yeah. that went to right. all of the parking lots to go to my car. And it was nighttime. Mm-mm. It was nighttime. Scary. And yeah, yeah. So So what happened? Yeah. So what happened? So I was on my way home and it wasn't terribly late. It was a decent hour and uh, headed on to um, remote parking and uh, just kind of waiting on the platform uh, for the train. And, uh, you know, those trains don't come as frequently as you want. So we're just kind of standing with our luggage, looking around. And as a frequent traveler, kind of getting bearings of my situation. So kind of looking around and I noticed this um, couple and the uh, young man was getting louder and louder. And Mm. um, 
his voice was very angry and um, and then it was very clear he was becoming very verbally abusive to the woman that he was with and it was getting to the point where uh, no one really could ignore it it was very loud it was very clear and I'm looking around and realizing um there are a bunch of men on this platform and not a single one is doing anything about it Mm. they're all kind of we're we're making eye contact but no one is making any move to engage or acknowledging what is happening and I'm looking around thinking okay sir you with uh, a large piece of luggage that could either be skis or a golf set okay so you're not going to do anything and you you mr businessman looking very important you're not going to do anything either and so i looked around and made sure that there was a camera good (laughs) security camera (laughs) um couldn't tell if it was actually functioning but looked around and then decided i was going to um engage and so what i did was i stepped um and Uh, talked with the woman. So my point was not to engage the man who was very angry and clearly verbally abusive. Um, uh, It was to engage the woman. And so uh, this was before uh, um, uh, intervention training, things like that were happening and being shared in spaces like Instagram. So this was before Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, So I just uh, went over and um, engaged the woman and asked her, are you okay? Is there anything that I can do for you? How are you doing right now? Um, You know, just keep talking with me. Do you want to move over there further away? And just kept talking. And um, clearly that diffused the man. Um, He was caught off guard. He was not used to that kind of situation clearly. And then I just offered the woman, um, I don't know where you're headed, but I'm happy to get into the next train with you and make sure you're okay. And she thanked me and um, we realized that we were headed in the same direction to the same lot and we got in and the man did not. Oh, And um, and, and so we got in and she just mm. thanked me and I said, no, nope, are you going to be okay? Uh, do you have your car keys? Yeah. You know, is there, it, can we call anyone? Can we call security? And she said, no, I'm, I think I'll be okay. Um, and so we parted ways mm. and I got in the car, locked mm. the door yeah. and called my husband um, and made it home. And, uh, I will never forget the feeling of, I mean, multiple feelings, just feeling frustrated that nobody else on that platform was going to do anything in a situation where I felt like I was the Mm. least, um, I don't know, (laughs) uh, least physically strong, able person. And, uh, and in a situation where multiple people could have engaged together. Mm -hmm. And that was the other thing was that even after I had approached the woman, nobody else kind of came into the situation and surprised that that's all it took 
Mm. to def- I mean, I was relieved out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and then terribly grateful that even for a few moments, that woman could experience a little bit of peace. I don't know what happened to her, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. we didn't stay in touch. Um, uh, but then it also changed the way I traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, uh, even though uh, my husband was like, yes, of course you did what you did. That totally doesn't surprise me. That was a wonderful thing. I don't ever want you <laughs> to have to go pick up your car um, in, a, in a remote parking lot at night anymore. So you will not be doing that anymore. And feeling a lot of conflicted feelings still around that. And though we are in a current season of limited travel, that... Uh, that always sticks in my mind that in a situation where I thought I had the least amount of power, there was still a way to safely intervene. Mm-hmm. And how can I continue to have that mindset? And that, uh, you know, to kind of tie in with uh, the theme and the title of your podcast is that it is just a story. Um, but it is also about uh, how we live our daily lives. And so what does justice look like in our mm-hmm. daily lives? It isn't always going to march. It isn't always about writing your congresspeople. It isn't always about having an argument with someone. It could just be um, noticing what's going on in your surroundings and is there an opportunity to stop a brief moment of injustice Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily solve everything but it does i think put a stop in a moment where i think um we have to realize that justice is uh something that we are chasing after continuously and it's not going to happen overnight. And so how do we bring about those little moments? And that was one of those little moments that is a big moment in my mind where um, I recognize, right? I recognize that verbal abuse because I had experienced it in my own life. And what, what would I have wanted in that situation and didn't get? And what was I afraid of as a bystander? And were those fears, um, could I overcome those fears in that moment? Yeah. That's a really remarkable story. And you said so much. And I want to just touch back on that word justice, because I know we were talking Mm -hmm. about um, the inauguration and maybe you watched Amanda Gorman, the poet laureate who recited Mm -hmm. her poem. And it was so well um, written and delivered, but she does have a line in there that I've heard other poets use as well, um, saying something, and I'm going to just, you know, paraphrase, but she, she, you know, she, she hearkens like justice isn't just is, right? So mm-hmm. like in order mm-hmm. to give something or a situation justice like you did, you were not mm-hmm. going to uh, settle for what just is, mm-hmm. right? But like right. people are right. just, on the platform people are just ignoring this and so in order to bring justice you have to stand up to what just is because the people who are just settling for what 
just is are not the the bearers of the justice. And so I know right. that you say, and our listeners can't see you, and and you are a petite woman, and you you know you're very physically active. You lead yoga classes, but it doesn't really matter how you look physically. I know that you said that you know mm-hmm. all these big men were on there, but really mm-hmm. in order to bring justice. It doesn't matter your size, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter anything. It just matters, like, do you want to push what is right forward? Because you were not going to mm-hmm. settle for what just was. You brought justice, right. which is, I thought, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kathy, I know for myself, oftentimes something like that might come up and I might not take the initiative. And I think back and say, why didn't I do that? And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. um, and if I had a second chance or um, next right. time, and I'm wondering if uh, you can tell our, us and our listeners if uh, this impacted how you have faced maybe other similar situations, whether big or small or big, going forward. It sounds like this was a, a, um, a momentary kind of a, uh, a story that happened. It came and went but you alluded to the fact that it seemed to have a big impact on you going forward. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Sure. So, you know, it, it, it was before the age of Instagram where you could share memes and little, you know, instruction series of slides on how to intervene in situations like this. And it was definitely before I was more engaged in, um, public displays of uh, protest. And since I've been more active in that area, I've learned what I did was exactly what people are trained to do, which Mm -hmm. is to kind of step in between, to turn your back to the person who is being verbally abusive, to turn to the, um, uh, the, the victim, for lack of a better term, and um, engage them and make sure that they are safe. And what I also learned from that situation was that I was also calling up on some past experience of having been on the other end of that scenario, of being that woman who was being verbally abused and realizing that um, what you can do as a normal everyday person is to practice scenarios in your head. And we do this for other situations, mm-hmm. right? We, we um, for those of us who uh, have to do a speech, a public speaking for the first time, we are told you have to practice. You have to go over the script multiple times. If you are a musician and you are preparing for a recital, what do you have to do? You have to prepare and go over that piece of music over and over. And so I do think that there are types of those scenarios that happen day to day when you realize you could have done something and you chose not to, and you look back and go, oh, I wish I could do that again. You can, in your mind, go through that scenario and think through, what would I do? What would I say? Um, what am I feeling? What did I feel when I didn't act, what was keeping me from taking action? How can I override those feelings of fear and move, move my body, engage, um, say something, do something. 
And, um, and, and that is one of the things that really shifted in my mind and then became fodder later for the book, Raise Your Voice, in understanding that um, in, uh, in the settings that I was in professionally, much more um, Christian settings, church settings, uh, uh, parachurch ministry, we talk about justice and often lack very specific, very practical tools in what that looks like on a daily basis. And so we talk about like the huge things which are very important, right? We talk about uh, sex trafficking. We talk about racial injustice. We talk about mass incarceration, which are very important, but then we need to talk about the very granule things about, well, in those big issues of injustice, what are the daily interactions that reflect that systemic injustice? And how can we step in, in a very like normal, unscripted way? And I think the only way to do that is to kind of think through mm-hmm. of time. Um, because in those situations, nine out of 10 times, I have been the man on the platform or the men on the platform, just kind of looking and going, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, and grateful that that was a lesson learned that was very mm-hmm. practical. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, you know, looking at it from the granular level, I think that's a really great way because so many people just think that somebody else can do it, right? Like they mm-hmm. witness something and they're like, well, mm, I'm not feeling it today. Someone else can take care of it. Yeah, so absolutely. And in in the book, Raise Your Voice, there um, I do address kind of in real life situations, what to do, whether it's in real life in person and then also on social media, mm, because yeah. since that story and that experience on the platform, uh, life on social media has changed exponentially for those of us who are engaged in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not necessarily the space that everybody needs to be on. I think for some people, it's, it's best that you're not on it. It's not always a healthy Mm -hmm. space. But because I'm also a writer and a speaker, I kind of need Mm -hmm. to be on those spaces and, and have enjoyed being on those spaces. Mm -hmm. I've met virtually readers and people who've eventually become friends in real life. And so I do talk about and write about in the book, what are some really practical ways to think about uh, living justice in the real world beyond, and not to say, again, it's not an uh, uh, one or the other thing, right? Um, I think in the context of uh, churches, there's often conversation about giving, about your offering, about your tithing, and uh, what that looks like to the church. And one of the practical things that I challenge readers is that um, I realized for myself and for uh, my family, a lot of the giving that we did was tied to charitable donations that you could deduct in mm. your taxes, mm-hmm. right? And, and that, that gets really enmeshed with capitalism mm-hmm. and all of that. 
right? So there's a giving and a taking and you get this, this deduction in your taxes. And, and so our giving became very practical. Mm-hmm. And um, while all the long, all along still tied to kind of our values. And then I realized, oh, but justice doesn't only happen through organizations that have their, you know, their certifi- their certification that they are, you know, um, tax deductible receipts and things like that. And, and so we started giving money to um, artists. Mm-hmm. We started buying more art. We uh, were much more thoughtful in um, how to support people living just lives. Mm-hmm. Um, who weren't necessarily missionaries tied to an organization, right? So I think those were some of the other kind of practical ways that I wrote about in the book that I had to start thinking about outside of kind of, this is what it looks like to be a person of faith. Well, your story... um... And all that you've said harkens a little bit to me. And I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared your story. It harkens to me a little bit of this, the Good Samaritan story as well. Um, one mm-hmm. uh, of someone who's come along in the absence of others doing things, doing something very positive mm-hmm. uh, that is showing mercy and justice. And in that way, as a story should, not only have you helped that woman, but you're helping those who have heard your story and the listeners now who are hearing your story to influence them towards such acts of justice and mercy. And, and even in the day-to-day realm, uh, allowing ourselves to live out that calling towards justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. And so um, mm-hmm. whether that be on social media or on a podcast or in a book, not only are you impacting a woman on a train platform, but those who are kind of hearing the story and perhaps catching a vision for justice that isn't just marching you know somewhere but it's it can be day-to-day as well and it can be very positive as well i i it, you know, as you shared your story i thought well i might have gone up most people would have gone up to the guy and said dude settle down most people wouldn't wouldn't have done anything right. okay let's be honest right most people wouldn't yes, have done anything yes, yes. but if i was going to do something i wouldn't have been as creative and wise as you i'd have been like dude calm down but you took an approach yeah that is, uh, is um, very, I think, wise and positive and actually got the job done as well. She- but also, you know, Kathy, you, you mentioned, you know, you're a woman of color, right? And you have also experienced being on the other end of, of some verbal abuse. So with that, you know, with that experience being a woman, Um, being of color Mm -hmm. and also being a past victim that could also um, hearken you to want to speak to people who um, mirror that sort of situation because you, you, (laughs) you saw a woman who was definitely in a a place that you could relate to. And so, you know, because of that, and I'm also a woman of color, um, what do you say to people of privileged positions where they can say, well, you know, uh, too Too bad. bad, So so sad. sad. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and, 
the the other men on that platform were very much those mm-hmm. people, right? They yeah. were white men. Um, and we all had a place of privilege. We had come mm-hmm. from somewhere or we were traveling to somewhere. And so I think it is recognizing one um, humanity, right. right? Like we're all right. human. And so um, at the core, how do we draw on those very human experiences? And I know in the last few years, there's been a lot of conversation also around empathy, right? How do we relate to other people's very human experiences? And in that situation, and as listeners maybe come across similar situations, you don't have to have had experienced verbal abuse. You just need to remember a time where you were humiliated. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of mm-hmm. us at some point or another, and maybe if you're really, really lucky, you have not had that experience as an adult, but I guarantee you as a child or a teenager, you have experienced public humiliation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what did that feel like? And again, I think that there's something particularly about kind of U.S. Western white culture is kind of like, we're fine. (laughs) We're going to go conquer the world. And that feeling does not help in those situations. The feeling is, oh, my gosh, what is this person going through? How horrible. Is there something that can be done? Yes, absolutely. There Mm -hmm. can be something done in that situation. And so I would say, you know, for those of us who um, are people of color, women of color, those are those of us who um, may have disabilities, who aren't able to travel. I mean, none of us can travel right (laughs) now, but um, right. All of the, we can forever rank and list out privileges and disadvantages. But at the end of the day, Um, we're aware of that. I'm aware of that. And if I only live into my limitations, I'm going Mm -hmm. to be frozen. I, I will forever be standing on Mm -hmm. that platform, not engaging. And, and again, going back to that moment, I realized I don't want to be that person. And I also am not going to be reckless, which is why I looked for a security camera. And I thought, okay, well, if these men don't do anything in this situation, God help me, I hope they do something if this becomes a more dangerous physical altercation. And if they don't, okay, you know, I, I've taken a risk, but I, I do think that at some point we all need to start thinking mm-hmm. ahead and deciding how much are we going to let go and let happen while we are watching. And I think what you said there about the empathy piece, I mean, imagine, if you will, like I can imagine the amount of validation you gave that woman. Like she was worth Mm -hmm. somebody to acknowledge Mm -hmm. her, acknowledge her situation. And that speaks volumes of that connectivity, that unity that you're trying to push forward. Because if you just stay within your own realm, you do stay frozen. And right, you know. right. Yeah. And I hope I made those men feel bad. <laughs> I'll be honest. And, I'll be honest, and, right? I hope I made them think. And that's as we lead our lives and our examples of, uh, of that 
we, whether it be uh, an example to someone who wants to take action or is not taking action, you're helping us to think and think about who we are. And that's a lot about what we're doing here is helping people to think about, well, who am I and who do I want to become? And so um, I think you've helped us yeah. and our listeners quite a bit today with just reflecting on who am I and uh, how can I prepare for being uh, that kind of a person who would step in with empathy mm-hmm. and uh, love, really, and justice. So thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah, thank you so thank much you, for your Kathy. time today, Kathy. It's, it's been wonderful speaking with You're you. You're welcome. A pleasure to meet you. Same, same. And that wraps up this episode of Just Stories. We hope you've enjoyed this time and you'll join us again. Just Stories is a partnership with Our Savior's Lutheran Church, an ELCA member church, where all are welcome and we join in God's reconciling work, which prioritizes disenfranchised, vulnerable, and displaced people in our communities and the world. Your hosts are people of Christian faith, and we recognize that God works through many vehicles, including those of differing faith or of no faith. Our guests may or may not be members of Our Savior's Lutheran Church. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend, and please subscribe. Tune in next time for more of Just Stories.